for ruining her life, Regina is struck by a bus and severely injured. Katie is shunned by her parents and grounded by her peers after an allegation from the burn book regarding a fact. Wait, hang, hold up. Yes. She was shunned by her parents and grounded by her peers. Wait, did I say that? You, you <laughs> said it. You said that. I wasn't going to say anything. That was, I heard worth, too. that was worth pointing out. <laughs> afternoon and or evening everyone and thanks for tuning back in with us we're your hosts i'm nick uh filling for kyle i'm seth and i'm john and we are three catholic dudes who love to hang out and talk about movies guys i want to open this up with a story if you don't mind sure so i heard this really funny story the other day about the chick-fil-a cow or a a cow of the chick-fil-a species of the chick-fil-a variety of the chick-fil-a variety yes this one specifically, rumor has it, is named Henry. Mm. And he 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 has a full-time job, which is miraculous in this economy. And it is. And his job <laughs> his, his job is to sit on top of a cubicle and help well the person whose cubicle it actually is uh find her way back since the person who actually works there changes offices every day. At least that's that's what that's what rumor suggests. Um, do you want to hear the craziest part about this rumor? What? What? She's here right now. Really? Did you steal the Chick Fil A cow, and this is just where she ended it up? You no, know, the Chick Fil A cow had no idea that I showed up and recruited our special guest. To be on today's show. Katie Byrne, welcome to the Genesius Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, gr- glad yeah. to have you here. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself so the listeners are somewhat acquainted. Okay. I am originally from Iowa and moved to Minnesota about a year ago, and I'm working as an IT analyst at Boston Scientific. Nice. With your, with your special Chick-fil-A cow, Henry. Yes, with mm-hmm. Henry. Yeah, so I switch offices about every day. So I was walking around and could not find my desk for a long time and figured I needed something to mark, mark where I was at at different days. So, I mean, Chick-fil-A is a, uh, it is a Christian chicken company. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. it tra- it tracks, man. How, how often would you say you have Chick-fil-A? Do you have it? Oh, it is. It's not the cheapest fast food place. No, so no. Doubt no, it's too, not. You can't have it too often, but, but it is good. Probably, yeah. probably once a month. Maybe. Yeah. That works out. Gentlemen and lady, how are we doing today? Everything's, everything's going well? Everything's oh, going yeah. swell? Everything is swell. How, how are we dealing with the extra hour? Oh, I got some good I sleep. Woke up, I wow. woke up earlier than I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not gonna oh, lie. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was I was up, but I just stayed in bed. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to chill out. Yeah, take nice. the extra hour of sleep. Yeah, took the, took the time, dozed off. It was good. Speaking of uh, daylight savings, do you guys want to hear a joke? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, so I was at, so I was at work yesterday listening to podcasts. Cause that's like a bulk of what I can actually do while I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I, and I came across this joke and it might be my new favorite joke of all time. Cause I was dying laughing. So it goes like this. So, um, so you guys, you guys are aware that heaven is guarded by, uh, the gates of heaven have St. Peter sitting at the entrance, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So working secretary. <laughs> so, so St. Peter was informed 
that heaven is getting really full. And, and I, I know that Catholic teaching doesn't actually say this, but for the sake of the joke, we're going to say heaven is getting full. All right. Parameter set. And the only people St. Peter is allowed to let in are the ones who just had the worst possible day, which is ironic since they died. Mm-hmm. But like <laughs> they have to have a really bad day. So, so there are, there are three men currently waiting in line. The first, the mm-hmm. first man approaches and St. Peter's like, all right, what? Tell me, tell me about your day. And so he's like, oh man, I had the worst day ever. Um, so I have been suspecting for a while that my wife was cheating on me and I decided to leave work early so I could try to catch the act, you know? And, um, so I get home, which is in an apartment building. I live on a 23rd story and I hear some like noise and crashing going or going on inside. And so I'm so, and that sounded sus, right? So I, so I come in and I'm like, What's going and I'm like, what's going on? And the wife's just like, oh, nothing's going on. I don't know what you're talking about. And um, and and he's just like, and I'm just like, man, I know something's going on here. And he looks, he looks around, and suddenly he looks at the balcony and he sees fingers glip gripping onto the bottom of the balcony. So he runs, so I so we run the guy who's telling Mm -hmm. St. Peter the story. He runs over and, and he pushes the guy off the balcony and the guy falls into a tree and survives like miraculously. Okay. He fell from 23 stories. So like it's a big deal. That is, that is quite the save. And he survived until of course the, the man who lives in the apartment picks up his refrigerator and throws it down into the tree, which killed the guy. I mean, that's impressive <coughs> that he picked up the refrigerator. I'll, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, takes effort. Um, no, just a mini fridge. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, and then just out of all the excitement and all that, um, the, the man dies of a heart attack and he says, so that's why I'm here. And St. Peter's like, all right, it's a bad day. Go on in. Okay. So he killed the man. Yes. That's, that's a strange way to yeah. uh, okay. go into heaven. Go on. That, I, I would agree. Again, this is a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the second, so then the second man approaches and, and St. Peter's like, all right, tell me about your day. And he's like, oh man, you would not believe this. I had the worst day ever. So I, so I came, I came home from work and I just wanted to do a workout. You know, uh, I live in this apartment building on the 22nd floor. Mm. And as I'm, you know, I go to the balcony so I can do some pull-ups. And as I'm about to do so, suddenly my wacko psycho neighbor tosses me off the tosses me off the, the, the off the building mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. landed this tree and I was amazed because I somehow lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my victory was short lived because suddenly what looked like a refrigerator fell on top of me. I'm just imagining I'm here. <laughs> imagine the dude look it up and be like, Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and and St. Peter's like, Yeah, that's a it's a pretty bad day. You can go on in. And then the third guy approaches. St. Peter's like, All right, tell me about your day. And he's like, Oh, believe me, this is like the worst possible day you could imagine. I was hiding naked in a refrigerator. 
Oh, man. That's the punchline. That's devastating. Three people. Three people just died all at once. This like that's like a Groundhog Day scenario where it should just start yeah. over. And they try to figure out how not to get all three of them to die, but they all keep dying in some way. That sounds like a great premise for a movie, actually. Man, I well, that's I, like, I, I laughed, I laughed, like I, said, I laughed so hard when I heard this joke. Actually, hold on, no, this makes it even more confusing. It's hard enough to lift a fridge, let alone, let alone a fridge that has a dude hiding in it. Well, you could technically like push it, right? You don't have to lift it up, but it's still, still, we'll still clear a lot. the balcony. I, I mean, maybe that's the reason why he got yeah. a heart attack. Yeah, that's that's right. true. That tracks. Overworked himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he, and then you know all of the betrayal and stuff just got to him, and he's just, just, just like, you, oh! said, you said something that looked like a fridge. I thought it was a person that was like. Like a person for a fridge. I was like, that's pretty bizarre. <laughs> It was it was amusing because when you said like the the guy who landed in the tree was talking about seeing the fridge falling on him, I just for some reason there's something so comical. That to me is the funniest part of the joke. What? Uh, it's just like imagining him looking up and being like, "What? <laughs> All of this just for bam? Like you know?" And he's just like, "All I was trying to do was work out." Damn. This is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Some people can't cut, catch a break, especially when they're working out. I knew yeah. I didn't like pull-ups. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like the craziest way to do a pull-up. <laughs> I'm going to jump onto somebody else's balcony. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> like those people who like go rock climbing, mm-hmm. like at like Interstate State Park, which my, my dad and I went there last week and we saw some people rock climbing. Like those people have impressive finger strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. they could like probably hang on one like tiny crust with their finger and somehow still be able to support themselves. It's, it's I definitely nuts. can't do that. I can't either. And I took a rock climbing class in college. You know, I thought for for the joke, you were going to say that like the guy who pushed the fridge off was somehow going to fall after him. Oh, that'd like, have been hilarious. But like, I, I, I don't know. He just dies of a heart attack. But well, he was so upset because he thought his wife was cheating on him. Yeah, well, I guess she was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, your impression of the the lady of the wife was very uncanny. It was my eighth grade Jules voice. <laughs> wow, psych everyone. Best uh, show, best show on the okay. best show on the planet. Alrighty. But speaking of fall, how is how is fall been for all of you? It's been busy. That was a rough transition, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it I, have, I like the attempt. But I have, I've heard worse. You know, fall is when people start going back to school. Is that kind Pushing of Pushing refrigerators direction? off of balconies. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's not just the leaves that are falling today, buddy boy. <laughs> it's raining men. <laughs> Hallelujah, right? Yeah, something like that. Um... But yeah, fall activities, people, anyone do anything? I mean, well, I was going to say that, well, in that particular case of the refrigerator, it literally was raining a guy. It, yeah, absolutely. He just pulled an Indiana Jones <laughs> and hit in the refrigerator. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, wow. 
I'm yeah, sorry. that's right. That, that was the thing. about the movie that should not be spoken of. That was the thing that happened in a movie. <laughs> and that shall not be named. <laughs> yes. That was a thing that happened in a movie, and it's sad. We'll talk about it eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. I, I'm glad it's not for quite a while. Um, I, hopefully, it should be around the time that the new one comes out. So yes. There's a new one? There Indiana Jones 5? Yeah, that's a thing, dude. Oh, no. Harrison's <laughs> like, this is it. This is the last one. And we're like, sure, until you want another check. Um, well, it, you, well, like, you say that, but, like, he, he's just like, yeah, Indiana Jones 5 is going to be my last gig. And then... Um, he replaced and then he's replacing William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU. Really? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, what? that was like one of the biggest news in the past wow. couple of months. Harrison Ford is coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Another interesting note actually about the new Indiana Jones movie, that is going to be John Williams' last film score. Wow. Yeah, he is I retiring from film composing. After well, how old is he at he's this in his point? Eighties, nineties, eighties, nineties, nineties. I'm pretty sure he's in his nineties. Wow, force is strong. I mean, he's been him. doing it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he is ninety years old. That is crazy. You know that ma- that man is a musical genius. He is unlike a, any other. He is a treasure of humanity. It's really surprising though. Like I feel like him and Hans Zimmer are like the two biggest. Like composers, yeah, Hans, they're so different from one another, though. They are well, and I think it's uh, that comes from the fact that Hans Zimmer writes scores with a lot of impact, mm-hmm. um, and I think John Williams writes scores with a lot of emotion, whimsy, whimsy and emotion. Yes, well, and they're very iconic. Yes, Hans Zimmer has a very particular sound. Like I feel like the Man of Steel soundtrack is like his sound. Mm-hmm. Um. Where it's just like heavy percussive, very weight, weighty strings. And I think it's really funny that people associate Hans Zimmer with Pirates of the Caribbean when Hans Zimmer wasn't even the original composer. Who was? <laughs> uh, someone named. Pause while he finds information. Oh, come on. Put a Kla- Klaus Bedell. Klaus Bedell. Klaus Bedell. Okay, interesting. Created the the original Pirates of the Caribbean themes that we all know and iconic. Oh, well, yeah. well you know, simply they're both German names, so people are just confuse Hans Zimmer. Klaus Bedell. <laughs> I watched a video of Pirates of the Caribbean music, um, but the scene I was playing was uh, Anakin versus Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> <laughs> and it was brilliant. That's amazing. Pirates of the Caribbean music with a lightsaber fight. I'm like, this is destined to be a thing. Why didn't they do that in the sequel the trilogy? The Disney Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh my gosh, better. right? That would have been so good. <laughs> they just did like, Pirates in the Star Wars. Hold on, hold on. Johnny Depp would make an amazing Sith Lord. Oh yeah. Hold on a second. He would. That would be an epic casting. A dark makeup. Oh yeah. Probably. It'd be funny if they even like gave him like a, a, a Jack I mean, Sparrow. I mean, he has experience being a dark wizard, so mm, that's true. Yeah. Um, until they booted him out of that trilogy too. Mads um, Mikkelsen uh, was a very, yeah. very good successor, though. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Is Mads Mikkelsen was excellent yeah. as Grindelwald. Yeah, I, I was. I was actually happy to see him in Star Wars too because I like the part that he plays in Rogue One. Um, the best Disney era uh, thing of all time <laughs> for Star Wars. Best oh, Disney, Disney era, era Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Disney yeah. era Star Wars, Rogue One. Like, you can't really beat Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. John, <laughs> I see some thoughts. I see some gears turning uh, there in that head. That head of yours. 
That beautiful, beautiful mind of yours. <laughs> What's going on, John? What are we going on, Russell Crowe now? <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking about... What's the time limit? <laughs> <laughs> we went so off the rails with this well, it's, it's about 16 minutes, but yeah. You're, oh, okay, okay. I, was, I was waiting for, for someone to say something that was like like a mean thing or something, and that was me. Oh, speaking of mean. Yeah. I mean, you could say that we are a bunch of nice guys talking about a whole bunch of mean girls. Hey, what? that's nice. <laughs> I like that. You came up with that. The first time we recorded this. The take one. Actually, oh, yeah. I should note, Katie's getting the full experience here because we recorded this once and now we're doing it again and she's she showed up for both of them. So this is a truly yeah. dedicated post. Yes. I knew it was a possibility because this happened in the past. So I wasn't that surpressed. Oh, geez, stop. <laughs> just, just leave it on for the whole, the whole episode. Yeah. I actually pressed it twice. So we're we're, so we're, we're, we're happy you're here. We're happy you're here. Was that the announcement of the movie that we're doing? Yeah, we're doing this mean recording. Girls. We are. Um, yes. Yeah, that was a little underwhelming, wasn't it, John? Uh, but yeah, we're doing Mean Girls. Directed. Actually, want to give us the stats in this uh, there? Sure Nick. thing. This was directed by Mark Waters, not Mark Walters. Mark Waters. No, not Mark Wahlberg either. Don't want that. Marky something. Mark. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Um, yeah, Mark Waters. Came out on April 30th, 2004 with a budget of $17 million and made almost 10 times that back with 130.1 mil. Yeah, even if you think, uh, even if you kind of go by the, not really the 180, well, there's like a there's like a double rule of like how much advertising money because a lot of times these budgets don't include advertising money. Um, Fair enough. So even if you think about like double that budget in terms of advertising, which is not likely, it's still made just a ton of money back. Um, it, it is very much a cult classic it to is. this day. Yeah, it was it was kind of had mixed reception when it came out. It kind of improved over time because Not for uh, our guests, though, it's why she's here. That's <laughs> af- yeah, actually. <laughs> but speaking of mixed receptions, Katie, you want to give us the scores? Yes. The Rotten Tomatoes critic score was 84 percent and the audience score was 66 percent. So notably different. Very, very different from uh, the critic score. The Probably, mm-hmm. maybe our most divisive movie we've done. We've done so far. Possibly, yeah. And 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 I wonder why it was sixty six percent. I wonder if it's if it's maybe like there's there the maybe women who've seen it in terms of like the target demographic or um, like what contributed to that uh, percentage. It is not like the most you now tightly written movie or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's well, fun. Neither it's, were most movies in the mid two thousands. That's, that's a good point. Um, the, the early two thousands are the early to mid two thousands are not known as a, a bastion of filmmaking. And, and yet they have some of like the move there, there are movies in there that like our culture just like covets. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm saying that, but also there, there were definitely good films in the early to mid two thousands, but I think in terms of mainstream stuff, there wasn't a lot of, uh, Really I, big stance. I wonder if like the audience just didn't like it because there were so many movies like it at the time. Maybe that was. But it seems the, to have like stood more the test of time than the other. The mid two thousands was an era of movies very much in that vein. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it, like in it in general is kind of playing off of that. Yeah. So, John, you want to give us the USCCB consensus? Uh, yes, but uh, Caddy. Teen comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't do it. Oh, my bad. Caddy. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
teen comedy about an insecure 15 year old. <laughs> hey, we did it the first time. <laughs> we want to hold on, hold on. I'm gonna put a marker in. You want to try that again? Sure. All right, all right, all right. Caddy. Meow. Teen comedy about an insecure 15 year old. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, uh, homeschooled for most of her life, raised in the African bush, who gets a crash course in the law of the social jungle when she is thrust into a public high school and gets stung by its reigning queen bee. <laughs> Rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I said this the last time, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> they had a little too much fun writing this consensus. Just ridiculous. All right. Directed by Mark Waters, the film explores the psychological minefield navigated by young girls and imparts a positive self-esteem message. But its hard-edged sexual references make it unsuitable for the tween and teen audience it seems aimed at. Uh, recurring through humor, humor and language, some drug references, and implied underage drinking. The USCCB Office for Film and Broadcasting classification is A3 Adults. The Motion Picture Association of America rating is PG-13. Tween. What a word. Tween. Yeah. Yeah. I just- <laughs> And, Wait, and I, I, a, what, okay, what is a tween versus a teen? I don't understand. Well, like, teen, well the teenage years, I think, started like 13. 13. It's like tween. Between. Tween is like 10 to 13, I think. Yeah. It's like between well, 10 to 12. Oh. Teen and, 10 to 12, yeah. 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 Tween is 10 to 12. What What 10 year old would be what? I don't know. When it's I, PG 13, you think that would at least be 13 year olds. But, yeah. It says know. that a tween is a child between the ages of 9 and 12. I don't know if 9 should be included in that. I, but okay. Yeah, but, I would but like, agree. Okay. Isn't it? Isn't middle school like ten? Isn't middle school is uh, eleven? Eleven. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. It's very uh, strangely written uh, summary. Yeah, um, well, before we get, <laughs> it's just it, it's kind of. I don't, worse, I don't though, know if I call it strange. I just think the person writing it had a little too much fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and although I I do um I do kind of agree with the uh, the the writer of that consensus in the sense that uh, a lot of the stuff that's in this movie is not something that would be suitable for an audience like that. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, especially if you're looking in like a Catholic context, you know, um, this is going to be an interesting discussion. Yeah, I think so. Um, now a, a note about discussion, uh, before we get to the plot summary, we're trying things a little bit differently this time for our listeners. Tightened it up. We're going to do the whole plot summary to start, so we'll take a couple minutes. I'll read through this plot summary. Listeners, I've pro- I promise this is condensed. This is condensed. There's just a <laughs> lot of stuff that happens in this movie. I mean, we could just give like the log line thing that you would read on the back of the DVD case, but we're trying to get a little bit <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, did you ever read those when you were younger? Did you ever oh, flip over? Oh, of course oh, I did. Yeah, like you oh, just of course I did. So much interesting like, like, box art. Like to... Like if you're gonna rent a movie, yeah. right? Like yeah, you, you want to see what it's about. Anyone want to see what? Yeah. Did exactly. anyone ever rent like GameCube games and stuff? I rented. Actually, it's really funny. So there used to be a a home video right by where I grew up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, me too. And um, when it was closing down, they were selling all their stuff, and I bought the Wii um version of Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga for fifteen dollars. Wow. I think I bought it on Steam for like. Five bucks. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, game is 
beloved. Well, and now they have the new version that has the seven through nine too. I actually do. I they, they, I actually, they actually released a new version of that game where it's like they have all the character packs. So you have like 300 plus characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually want to play that. Actually, that, that just seems like I think you're I'm not a gamer right there. It, 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 I've watched Legos the and Star Wars. I have, I have watched the gameplay and it looks really fun, but I don't have a game system. So I have no well, way and, to play. And Nick, I know we've thrown around the idea of actually playing this together. I think we should. We still should do that. I, I have a place. I have an Elgato. We can make videos out of playing it. Oh, let's do it. I have two Elgatos. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I picked up Elgato's <laughs> during the pandemic when I had to capture video sources you, from you my cameras. To, you have to get the version that has like like all the characters. Like it's yeah, got yeah. everything from like Clone Wars, Rebels, yep. Andor, mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett, Obi Wan, like everything. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. We should we should do We're that? Gonna, we should. We're gonna do it. Yeah. You, you just play the entire game as Mando. <laughs> that would be so sick. <laughs> I hope he well, never takes I off mean, his helmet. Well, you can't do that in story mode. Oh, no, you have to. Yeah, you obviously have you to have play to, through. Yeah, we have. But That's afterwards, you have to do a complete run through with Mando. Speaking of complete <laughs> run throughs, uh, yeah, let's get to the plot summary. I digress. I love how we very quickly <laughs> deviated. Um, all right, so Mean Girls. Um, 16-year-old Katie Heron has spent the past 12 years living in Africa, homeschooled by her zoologist parents. Returning to Evanston, Illinois in the U.S., she attends public school for the first time. Um, after a rough first day acclimating to the school's rigid environment, uh, Katie is befriended by social outcasts Janice Ian and Damien Lay, who brief her on the social cliques in the school and encourage her to avoid the reigning trio of social elites known as the Plastics, insecure Gretchen Wieners, whose father, she will have you know, invented toaster strudel. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> dim-witted Karen's, that actually, I added that in to this. Uh, <laughs> of course you did. Um, you're free to make comments as I go through this, as long as we keep on track. Um, dimwitted Karen Smith uh, and Queen B Regina George, who is Janice Nemesis. She stung audiences, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, however, Katie is invited to join the Plastics <laughs> by Regina and is encouraged by Janice and Damien to accept and kind of like spy on them. Um, so later on, Katie meets and develops an attraction to Aaron Samuels, a senior in her math class. However, Gretchen and Karen inform her that Aaron is Regina's ex and is therefore off limits. Uh, she is also hindered by Miss Norbury. The it's like her, the rules of feminism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's all about like you don't date your your besties ex or something. It's like rules mm-hmm. of feminism. Uh, she's also hindered by Miss Norbury, who is her math teacher and resident mathlete and nerd extraordinaire. Also, kind of like the f- most fun character in the whole movie, Kevin G. He's got a card. Um, he has a card. And he's a DJ. <laughs> I should do, like I should do that. Just <laughs> like hey, Nick Typhoon Pursuit here. At your service. I mean, you've seen me. So this is true. He's kind of like Flash Thompson in the new. He he is, but he's actually cool. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, I have notes on. I have not notes per se, but I want to talk about Kevin G later because he's actually he's an interesting character. Uh, But anyway, uh, Kevin G and Miss Norbury invite Katie to join the math team. And though she initially accepts, the plastics disapprove of the action as tantamount to social exile, like automatic social exile. So as Katie spends time with the plastics, she learns of their ways, including incriminating eavesdropped phone calls and the burn book, which is a scrapbook maintained by Regina that is full of negative rumors about the students and faculty. Regina offers to help Katie start a relationship with Aaron, but Regina betrays her and takes Aaron back for herself. Devastated, Katie plots with Janice and Damien to ruin Regina's life. Um, the trio first attempt to ruin Regina's appearance. I know there were, there were two attempts. They replace her, her like her face lotion with like a foot cream that smells like peppermint. 
and backfires because Aaron likes the peppermint smell. Um, and they also cut up uh, Regina's shirt, which doesn't end up working because <laughs> it becomes a trend. It becomes a trend. <laughs> Which I think is a hilarious note about the film. Uh, so both of those attempts backfire. And in the process, Katie learns that Regina, Katie learns from Regina that she was once Janice's best friend, but they split after she accused Janice of being a lesbian. Um, she assumes basically uh, Katie, Janice and Damien are now fully committed to the plan, having learned of this like really bad thing. Um, and so Katie starts to drive a wedge between Regina and her sidekicks um, she orchestrates Gretchen's alienation from the group, causing Gretchen to break down and confess to Katie many of Regina's secrets, including cheating on Aaron. Um, and Katie convinces Regina to start consuming uh, weight loss bars on a regular basis. They are actually weight gain bars. Um, but because all the nutrition facts are written in a different language, uh, Katie manages to convince her that it's like, oh, it's just like not FDA approved weight loss, you know. Well, and it's not like Regina quite understands diets anyway. Yeah. It's the all-carb diet. <laughs> yeah. So the whole, that's kind of the, the, the running gag is that the plastics are not particularly intelligent people. Um, so Katie also starts to fail math uh, intentionally so that she can ask Aaron to tutor her. And uh, when she makes a move, um, he hesitates uh, because of his relationship with Regina and Katie shares that Regina is cheating on him and he breaks up with Regina. Um, so Katie, Regina and Gretchen and Janice are all nominated for spring fling queen. <laughs> Damien manipulates the votes to nominate Janice. Miss um, Norbury gets on Katie's case about failing math. Um, and in frustration, Katie adds Miss Norbury's name to the burn book. Um, finally, the plastics turn on each other. And after Regina shows up school in sweatpants due to her weight gain, uh, Karen and Gretchen boot her from the plastics and Katie becomes the new queen bee. You're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. It's Monday. Um, that's only a Friday thing. Um, when Katie's parents plan a weekend to go to a concert put on by Katie's favorite artist, a conflict of interests arise. Um, Janice and Damien invite Katie to the art, to an art show on the same night as Janice has submitted a painting that she wants Katie to see. Uh, but Katie has her own plans. She uses the art show as an excuse to stay home during the concert trip and plans a party during which she hopes to start a relationship with Aaron. The evening goes horribly wrong. Katie's house gets trashed. Aaron rejects Katie and Damien and Janice discover the party and confront Katie after she fails to attend the art show. Janice points out that as Katie undertook her mission to ruin Regina's life and destroy the plastics, she has herself turned into a plastic. Regina, uh, she has become a mean girl. Doesn't doesn't Janice actually just call her a mean girl? Yeah, You're a mean girl. Oh, straight up. Mm -hmm. Roll um, credits. Yeah, roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> uh, Regina also <laughs> discovers the party, and her boyfriend, uh, her new boyfriend, sees her eating one of the calorie bars, uh, and she learns that Katie has manipulated her. And in a fit of rage, Regina puts herself in the burn book and frames the other plastics for creating it with a Katie. screen that somehow went on for. Lord knows was, how long. That was a great <laughs> sequence, actually. I, I had fun watching that. It's such a creative way of doing it. I like how they cut up the picture, too, and it looks like she's writing about Katie, and then her face is on there. Oh, and you yeah. get that she's trying to frame that. that. But it's a picture of the two of them. That throws me more times than I care to admit. <laughs> yeah. it's it's really it, That's a really well done and really creative sequence. So, uh, as the girls are being confronted by the principal about the burn book, which part of Regina framing them uh, includes turning the book in kind of being like, look what they said about me, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
As the as the girls are being confronted by the principal about the book, Regina spreads photocopies of the burn book's pages through the hallway. As class ends, the school's junior class girls descend into chaos over the various rumors in the book. After the girls are corralled into the gym, Miss Norbury leads a lecture and bonding session on healthy communication. Regina insults Janice, who reveals that Katie was involved in the plot to ruin Regina's life. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> it's just the girl that stands up and like confesses her feelings, and everyone's like, "Who? Who are you? <laughs> I don't even go here. Um, go home." Yeah. Regina leaves, uh, and as Katie attempts to follow her and apologize for ruining her life, Regina is struck by a bus and severely injured. Katie is shunned by her parents and grounded by her peers after an allegation from the burn book regarding a fact. Wait, hang, hold up. Yes. She was shunned by her parents and grounded by her peers. Wait, did I say that? You, you <laughs> said it. You said that. I wasn't going to say it. That was worth pointing out. <laughs> I don't know how you'd be grounded by your peers. Her parents gave a salad treatment. They gave a chance like, you're grounded. <laughs> you mean girl. Damien's like, I've got a curfew. I can't stop this car. <laughs> Katie is, let me try it again. Katie is shunned by her peers and grounded by her parents. I was really hoping you would say it a second time. <laughs> um, after an allegation from the burn book regarding a faculty-student relationship proves true, Miss Norbury is investigated for false allegations of drug dealing found in the burn book, which were added by Katie. Katie decides to come clean and spend, which is interesting in the context of drug dealing. You, you get it. Yeah. Um, and spends the rest of the school year making amends, culminating in joining the math team for a state competition on the night of spring fling for the extra credit necessary to pass her math course. Katie successfully wins the competition for the team. Finally, because the limit did not exist because the limit did not exist. Finally realizes along the way that gossip and manipulation gained her nothing during the school year. Um, and her, she and the team show up in time for spring fling. Uh, just in time for Katie to win the vote and become spring fling queen in her notably optional victory speech. She remarks how important (laughs) it is for people to treasure each other for their uniqueness. She reconciled with She reconciles with Aaron, Janice and Damien and the next school year. All is right with the world until the junior plastics show up. Does that, does that set up mean girls too? Cause I know there's a second movie. It's a direct to video thing. I think. But is that like the plot? Does it center around the junior plastics? I think so, yes. Okay. It doesn't include any of the original cast, I don't think. No, it's none of the original cast, but I think it's just a new group of mean girls. Yeah, it's just supposed to be, one, it's a cycle, and two, it's a way for um, Katie to have that last thought of them getting hit by a bus. Which, by the way, is an actual motif to the film. Katie almost gets hit by a bus on the first day of school. This mm-hmm. movie has yeah. an excellent foreshadowing. Yeah, it, it carries its themes very well. Also, nice film. job of nice job with the whole like. Because I think you talked about the plot for less than ten minutes. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was destroying that thing. Um, <laughs> kind of like how all the girls destroyed each other in the high school. Yeah, that what? was. That was that was just the principal. I did not leave the South Side for this. <laughs> oh, I still. Oh, I still think the be- one of the best. I think the best moment of the principal is when he's trying to when he's trying to be like, all right, what are your problems here? And the one girl talks about like menstruation issues or something, and he's just like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I can't, can't do, do this. this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, it's it's interesting that uh, that he has this. There's like this implied dynamic between him and Miss Norbury for the during the movie which is kind of problematic as well 
Well, yeah, coworkers dating. Yeah, coworkers yeah. dating, especially like a superior dating an underling. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, but also it was the the gym coach was uh, uh, having a relationship with at least one student, which I is think. a huge no no. By that's the way, a huge yeah. no no. The Genesis podcast does not endorse that. Yeah, um, but just the, the principal's line of step away from the underage women, <laughs> like. I just, was like, good for you, man. Yeah. He realizes he's been had and, and flees, but that incites obviously uh, Miss Norbury getting investigated for drug dealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that kind of convinces Katie that like, all right, I really just need to, she's been avoiding basically the whole time confronting the things that she's done and like, and, and the accountability. And so she finally is, is realizes that she just has to, she has to come clean about it. Um, so in terms of, uh, is there anything that stuck out here to you guys? Because I, I, this was a very, for me at least, it's a very strange film to watch. Um, uh, yes. Especially, <laughs> I, I actually know. That's, that's one word for it. Yeah, that is a, th- strange. Yeah. Um, Katie, you were you were actually with John and I when we watched this the first Whoa, time, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. there too, remember? You were there, yeah. yeah was it yeah, like a yeah, watch party? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, because we watched it back in August. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? No, I thought this was July. No, this was this was August. Wait, okay. no, you're right. It was July. July. <laughs> July. Yeah. It was oh July. Goodness. Hold on. I have the date <laughs> in my calendar. And I know we talked about this Fact on take one. This. Uh, hey, we're finally getting to it. <laughs> I know. It took took long enough. Genesis uh, Me Girls, July 24th was when we were originally supposed <laughs> to record. Yeah. That's so, like three. We completed a season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, listeners, for those of you who were looking forward to this Mean Girls episode, here it is. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for your patience. So, <laughs> if anybody's wondering, this was the su- surprise that uh, Nick had referenced way back when. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, it just took a while to actually happen. Yeah. People have been on the edge of their seats for a long time. We like building suspense here at the we are, we are podcast. Also, we are also still figuring out the minutia. Of how this works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well this is kind of like the test, right? The, the yeah. test season to see how things work. Oh, yeah. I mean, the office wasn't able to make it work. That's it, a good point. The first, they had to change some things. They had like, yeah. what, six episodes in their first season? Something like that? Really? Like Interesting. That. It was a short season. Mm-hmm. You're, you're more the expert on that one. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around that number. It wasn't as long as some of the other seasons, for sure. Hmm. But like, I mean, if The Office and Parks and Rec struggle with their first season... Yeah, the We're first season company. of Parks and Rec is also <laughs> quite rough. Anyway. <laughs> I just love, for, I love, I love that those shows exist just because for someone like me who doesn't necessarily like the super cringy humor on the show, I watch it for all of the amazing blooper reels. There are good yep. ones on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I've literally, I've seen the office blooper reels multiple times. The best, the best Parks and Rec uh, blooper reel is Patton Oswalt going on for Eight solid minutes about what? his pitch for Star Wars Episode Seven. What? No way! That's yeah, a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. he does a filibuster. No, and you know what? You know what the best yeah. part was? The best part is the first thirty seconds of that filibuster. If you line it up with like the first flashback in the Book of Boba Fett, it syncs up <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> I will. I will send. I'll. I'll send you the link to the filibuster. I want to see and this. Then, yeah. When I when I saw them sing it up to the book of Boba Fett, I'll 
I'll send you the video that I saw it and like the timestamp that you should skip to. It would probably, is, I died. Let me, let me I died. ask you, can yeah. I ask you a question? Yes. Is it better than the, is his pitch better than the episode seven we got? <laughs> Somewhat. I mean, it's an interesting, it's interesting. The re the reason I'm not responding is because it, it is as off. The, it is more off the rails than you think. I have one name for you that I think would solve all the sequels trilogies problems. Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> I mean, now it's supposed to be in the prequel trilogy, so that tracks. <laughs> Darth Jar Jar. But anyway, Speaking I, of I Darth do Jar Jar. Like, uh, our podcast is similar to like how many clicks can you get to Hitler in Wikipedia? Yeah, it's almost yeah, like our podcast yeah. is like how quickly can you get to Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> or the or the MCU? Yeah, I so mean, we, hold the we record, should go pick the actual movie. We should actually. So this is this brings up a, a everyone in our well, friend mean group girls is going to make a in the bingo MCU. card. Mean Girls happens in the MCU. Yeah, is it little, confirmed? Little the, known the, fact. Mean, the Mean Girls <laughs> cinematic universe. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, the MGU, <laughs> the MGU, the Mean <laughs> Girls universe. It actually Mean Girls happens in the same universe as High School Musical. Um, I, be I believe there's that. a High School cinematic universe. I'm almost sure there should be. If, Sky if High is in there. Too. Oh, yes, dude, Sky High. Oh my Classic. gosh, that that High School movie is like underrated though. Sidekick. Oh. <laughs> I love I love that I Hero. love that movie so much. Uh, Sidekick. Now we so uh, head count here. How many of us went to public school? If you if you went to public school, raise your hand. For our listeners, that's all four of us. Mm -hmm. um, in different states, though. In different yes. states, mm -hmm. all like four completely different states. Yes, that's true. John John from Wisconsin, Katie yeah. from Iowa, as mm -hmm. she said in her intro. Seth in. Illinois, you said it yes, was? Sir. Yes, sir. Wait, I got it right this time. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And me in Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, we've got a pretty broad experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I want to ask one level down on this. You can share as much or as little as you want. What click were you in? See, I think this comes to like all of us being in like different sized schools, too. I was from like the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. That's true. So like my actual class was only like 60 people. That's true. So... At least from my experience, like, because I was involved with so many different things, I wasn't really particularly linked to any one click. But I think it was more so, um, if there was one that I had to pick, it would be, like, were, probably banned in theater. Okay, were you just like kind of known kind of as the guy that's all over the place? Because <laughs> that's also the a random click, rover. Right? <laughs> the people who the are just, like, here. Yeah, there. the rover. That's there. actually a good term for <laughs> no, the rover. Hold on. Yeah. Like, I, I think this this is its own click of, like, the uber-involved students who are just, like, in 30 different clubs. Because I, I, I remember students like that. Mm. Yeah, um, I would definitely be that person. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I do think that's a, oh, thank you, Nick, for sending that over to me. Um, but I do think that's a click in its own of just like, you know, the, the people who were involved in all of the different clubs and, mm -hmm. and, you know, cause I had plenty of friends who were like, they were, they were in theater, they were on student council, they were, they were in band, like, and, and you, and they always just like their schedules were never empty. They always had something going on. So pretty much if you named anything i was probably like if my school had it i was involved in it okay so wow. so, so you're one of those people 
Yeah. Yeah, the third class of, yeah, the third class of 60, that's not saying much. No, it's Well, it's, and the thing was, like, there wasn't, like, a ton of opportunities, uh, like, in different things that you could be in. Yeah. And, there, and for instance, like, for sports, there wasn't tryouts. You just, you could just sign up and oh, you're in it. okay. Interesting. Um, granted, you, that doesn't mean you're going to be in the starter. Well, like, sure. top team. But, yeah. That takes yeah. the actual skill. I feel like either me or Seth had the largest class size. What was your class size? About 300. 600 something. Yeah, you win. Yeah. Um, well, actually, what was your skating? Uh, 360. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah that's, that's I, I got my far this well. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean what, what part of, of Iowa? Uh, Eastern mind. Iowa. Eastern Iowa, like Cedar North, Rapids. Like Bender High School. Dubuque. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, about an hour south of Dubuque. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, like you guys went to decently sized schools then. And, and in, in the case of my school, my graduating class was 600. That's at the particular oh, cool. school of the district. That's as ludicrous as ludicrous speed. We were actually, <laughs> uh, our school district was split into an east and west. So there were actually a, like a couple hundred more even at the west school. Um, White Bear Lake so like, is, White Bear Lake is kind of like that. Like they have a, they have a north campus and a south campus where like they have the, like the north campus is for grades nine to 10 and the south campus is for 11 to 12. Yeah. White Bear is huge, man. Well, if it says anything, my school had the elementary, middle school, and high school all in the same building. Oh, so. yeah, that's that's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that explains <laughs> the whole prom thing too. <laughs> <laughs> so this was on the previous recording. That just uh, apparently my school is weird in the sense that like you could have anybody from freshmen to seniors that were in prom. That is but, weird. But you could bring a date. <laughs> From the middle like, scores? From, that from, is from like eighth grade, if you want It's to. not apparently weird. If it you is like a freshman weird. bringing an eighth grader, that's not that weird. You're um, like one if you're a senior apart. bringing an eighth grader, it doesn't look that, as good. That is bad. Okay, yeah. but like an eighth grader going to prom in general is just, the idea of that is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean like we had we had school dances at my at my junior high. Um, and so I actually had the full experience of like there's an, there's an elementary school with grades K through five, right? Or pre through pre K through five. There is the middle school with grades, you know, six through eight. And then there was uh, the high school that had freshmen. There was actually a nearby town that had its own like freshman school campus. Really? It was wow. a very strange setup. That's weird. Um, yeah. I don't know what they actually do with it now, but it was kind of set my, up that way. Yeah. My experience was really similar to yours, Seth. Although actually there were two buildings in elementary school. They had K to, K to two and then three to five and then six to eight and then nine to 12. Wow. What was really, and what's really mm-hmm. interesting. So I, so I, I have two sisters and, but, and both my sisters are really close in age to me. There has, and like, I, I have like both my sisters know what it's, know what it's like to kind of have the building to themselves. I never once had this experience cause I'm the middle child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in high school, there was a, there was a really weird anomaly where all three of us for the, like the only, the only time this ever happened where all three of us were in the same building at the same time. Wow. Because oh. my older sister was a senior. I was a junior and my younger sister was a freshman. Nice. Yeah. I didn't quite get that crazy, but my brother was two grades ahead of me. Um, so uh, we were in high, we were in middle school together for one year. Uh, we were technically in elementary school together, but I, I didn't really see much from them. Um, and then high school, we actually, we were both in band. So I actually saw quite a bit of him much to his annoyance, I think for the first part of it. Um, I, I kind of, yeah. Well, for, in my case it was like, uh, my, yeah, it's a one, 
once older sister, one grade above the other sister was uh, two below. And my, yeah, my older sister and I were in choir together and um, it, I don't know if I can relate to the annoyance part. Cause I think it was more annoying for me than it was for her. Oh, interesting. <laughs> now I, I probably uh, annoyed my brother a little bit. Um, I apologize, Sam. Um, yeah, Ab- Abby, I promise I still love you, <laughs> but I, I know I was very much like butting into his social interactions. So it, it definitely, I think took him a little bit of time well, to get used to that. Well, the thing but, that was weird for my school. So I have a brother and sister that are older. They're twins. So they were a senior when I was a freshman. Do you mean yeah. there's older um, farts than you? <laughs> wow. You got it in there, Nick. He I did. did. I had to. He did. <laughs> you knew it was coming. But but the thing was, like, because it was such a small school, like, it wasn't like you only hung out with people in your grade. You actually, like, knew pretty much people that were, like, three years older and three years younger. Kind of. Well, that's yeah. kind of nice, many, though. Like, like, if you were a senior, you might know freshmen. But I don't know if you would really know middle schoolers when you were, like, anyway. Well, enough to take them to prom. <laughs> 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 if you were in that situation, yeah, yes, I guess you, you would know. Sorry, touche. Um, yeah, that's but, that's but, a high five. Yeah, but for, for instance, like there there was a, um, like I knew a lot of the people in their grade, and they knew people that are in my like in the sense of like band, uh, choir, theater. Sure. Like there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we we knew a lot of the same people. So. Well, and you really got in the tangent about the whole what click did you belong to? We did. Question. I was actually I was about to return <laughs> yeah, that. Like yeah. lightning round. Katie, what click were you in? Kind of similar to John. I was involved in a lot of different things. I was like a Stuco kid, a sports kid. I did hmm. choir and show Wait, choir. Stuco? Student council. Student council. Sorry. I, it took me a second <laughs> to pick up on I'm that like, too. Sorry, Stuco. I've, I've never, it I've never, never heard, heard it called, called that. that. I love that. I think <laughs> that's, that's great. That, that's like... <laughs> Okay, in Wisconsin, apparently, this is really like cool. only the thing that we do that we call so physical education. A lot of people say PE. I say, oh, oh yeah, Phi Ed. Yeah, I said Phi Ed. Phys Ed? Really? Phys Ed? I've heard Phys Ed. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so kind of lots of different, but I had a friend group probably of four or five girls that I was really close with, I would say. And I, you guys I feel mean? like I knew a lot of people. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I, I had a really, I had a really nice group of friends um, and did not encounter a lot of the things that happened well, in this movie. So I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's the question though. Like um, is like friend groups considered clicks? Like in the sense of like, I mean, I definitely had close friends. You hang I think, out with I think what you that do at very school. much depends. So, Cause my, cause I had in my graduating class was interesting. Like it, it was like, it was a great class. Like we had our little, like, like, I don't like, I mean, I don't even know if I call them clicks. We had like our groups and stuff that we were like part of, but I would like, I would define a click as like a group of friends where it's like, they won't let anybody else. Yeah, very in. Exclusive. Like you need like an initiation yeah. to get in. Mm-hmm. My class was like it was my class was in the sense where it's like we had like our tight knit groups, but like we still talked to like it's like we we're still like not gonna not talk to anyone that is outside that. So yeah, I was in the so I was I'm very much in this similar vein as John or Katie. I was also band choir and also in my case theater. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I I was very much in like the performing arts group, but like I was friends, but like two of the most popular girls in my grade, like were actually two really good friends of mine. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of like where granted they were both also in choir, but like mm-hmm. I'd been mm-hmm. friends with them for a long time. So in, in that sense, it's like, and like my, like, so like I had my group of friends, like my close knit group of friends, but like, 
but like I still had other connections outside of that outside of yeah my immediate close knit group. Now, it, it is interesting when you talk about theater though too, because like even within theater, there's kind of like two separate groups in the sense of like I would I'd say backstage the theater community. Stage. Well, I was I was also in community <laughs> yeah. theater growing up. Mm-hmm. That was clicky. Oh, okay. And I was not in any of the cliques. Like I was, I was a guy that got along a lot better. Cause like I did a lot of my community theater was like teen adult. Mm-hmm. I got along a lot better with like the adults, like the young adults and older, like college students to young adults to adults. Yeah. I actually hung out with them more than I hung out with any of my peers because the, they were mm-hmm. just, they were just better people in general. And they were more fun to hang out with. <laughs> well, and, and I, I, I mean, like sometimes theater, theater, te- that, theater yeah. teams can be nasty. Well, mm-hmm. I had an interesting experience because I was in sixth grade and I got, I had a major role in the high school production. Um, Please tell me it was high school musical. No, it was, uh, it? it was ragtime. Ooh, um, interesting. It was a very, very interesting and really cool musical. Um, so I had a, I had a blast there because I've, I've always been better socializing with people that are older than me. Um, I think as, as, uh, my, my local Paris priest has said, this is why John is here. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, my, as my local parish priest has, has observed, we uh, love you, John. And, and pointed we, out you. To me, we do, uh, as my local parish priest pointed out to me, he's like, you, you relate very well to, to older people. I was like, all right, thanks father. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly like, even if my, even in my, like, the people I hang out with now, like, like, I mean, 90% of my social life is, is, is one like massive network of a young adult group. But like most of the people I spend time with are older than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, how it's, that's kind of just how it's always been. Like granted, well, the, age, the age gap isn't as big now. Well, in some cases, at I least, feel like it matters less now. It, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a that's, I think kind of where I was unintentionally getting to. Yeah. Well, it, it's strange because like for me having like older siblings and knowing older, like I typically hung out with a lot more older people for a good chunk of my life. But it was just like, I think it just depending on where you are at stages of life. Cause especially like when you're a young adult, um, there's kind of like a separation between like single young adults and married young adults. Yes. So like, this is yeah. so true. So that's why it's like I've become <laughs> kind of like one of the older people hanging out with the younger people, even though I used to be like the younger hanging out with the older. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it just depends on you know, stage of life. Yeah, that's a it's very like, real thing. Actually, so, uh, social limbo. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna throw in this note here. When we were, uh, I went to the uh, the Senate Assembly um, for the Archdiocese uh, of MSP here, um, and th- that was actually one of the the notes of just like it's not just the young adults, right? 18 to 35s. You've got the college crowd because they're not old enough to drink yet. Most of them, you have the, the post college crowd or the, like all the, otherwise known as the people who are old enough to drink club because a and lot are of trying, socials, and are trying to figure their life out. Yes. And then you've got, you've got the marrieds who, um, are like the discerned, right? I'll just go ahead and put discerned there because they're, they're in seminary or they're, uh, 
or they're raising or they're raising kids. or they're raising kids right um and they're married and just like they are on a they're on a different level now where they are living out of vocation this so they is don't have not time. where i expected this discussion to go well and we're not <laughs> actually talking about the movie what click what click were you in so, uh, so kind of kind of like nick i was i was a band kid and i think the other big separation uh, was that a lot of the kids that I grew up with in my um, elementary and middle school years, I didn't see them a lot in high school because I was in honors courses. Mm. And so I don't know if you guys experienced oh, the divide. Nerd. Yeah, I don't know if you guys experienced the divide between the honors courses and like the regular level courses. Oh, I, I certainly did. But yeah, you, there is, you see the people in the honors courses most consistently. Um, and that kind of like reduces your, and also I didn't spend a lot of time in the cafeteria because my, uh, my lunch hour was split between, um, uh, my jazz band, the jazz ensemble at the school, um, and then lunch hour. And so oftentimes I just ate lunch hour in, I just ate lunch in the band room. Right. Mm. And, and I hung out with the, the band director. And so, so you think that's nerdy. So, well, oh, I can't <laughs> wait on, to hear hold on, this. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Uh, I also I also did math team so Kevin G <laughs> my boy um, but uh, yeah I did math team I actually went to state math competition which is probably the same one that they potentially went to in this movie as well <laughs> of, uh, course. Nice. of course oh because it's in Illinois too yeah yep yep <laughs> oh man yeah. great turnout oh, this year I went to the Illinois one <laughs> Um, yeah, great turnout this year. You're supposed to be empty auditorium. That was pretty funny. That was great. Um, no, there's something about about. Did you have Kevin any girls G. on your math team? Um, was there one singular girl on your math were, team? I think there were maybe. I wanted to date. Yeah. I think there were a the few. Um, Ooh. Yeah, there were there were a couple. Uh, from what I recall, it also just wasn't really a remarkable enough experience for me to, to really remember it all that much because we had the ones we did monthly that were at the local community college. And then we had the larger state competition that I only went to once. In other words, Seth didn't pay attention to the girls that could have possibly been on his math. He was team. focused on the math. I was focused is, on the calculations. I actually I admire that. I, I was good at math. I wasn't good enough to be an amazing math team person. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that. Um, I, I, and even in like band, there were clicks too, right? Oh, because it was such a large yeah. school. Band was 200 people, mm -hmm. right? Oh. And so you had. Well, even my school, like, because it's all the grades together. So the band yeah. was probably one of the biggest things, like the biggest classes. Yeah. yeah. And so in that band, right, you've got clicks too. You've got, you know, you got the flute players, you got the, you know, some of the other little groups that all hang mm -hmm. out. Didn't necessarily have to be by instrument. Um, the us trombone players were a curious bunch. Um, we always were. <laughs> The, there's actually like, you know, the trumpet players are kind of like, you know, not cocky, cocky. Yeah. There's yeah. like the trumpets, <laughs> trumpet player stereotype of like egotistical and whatever, yep. whatever that, that doesn't necessarily apply. Um, but yeah, there, there's just like, there's percussion. Actually, yeah, percussion is very much its own click, especially. And yes. It, it, speaking from experience, it <laughs> yeah. definitely is. Especially when it came to marching band season where uh, they were just like the percussion So, so was it the basically drumline? Drumline, yeah. Drumline <laughs> and then also the pit right in front of the field. Oh, no, where, but I mean like the movie. <laughs> I mean, not it, quite that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, and also I, the movie Drumline is not very representative of actual drumline in a lot of no, ways. No, but it is a fun movie. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like band has its own clicks. Um, I also think it's just like it really cloistered my experience that and honors between those two things 
I didn't interact with like half of the school's population pretty much. Well, mm-hmm. okay. There, there is like the circle of friends, right? Yes. And like, it can only be so big if there's like 600 people in your class. Yeah. How are you even going to really interact with all of them? Yeah. Well, and there were some interesting things. Like, honestly, when I started doing video stuff, I did a couple of gigs that were, were like outside of those groups. So I got to meet teachers that I literally had never interacted with before. And it was really, really interesting. So you're saying you were on the AV club? No, actually, I was not in the AV club. Uh-huh. Uh, I just did my own thing. I tried to start a film club and... I pissed off a bunch of people because I started <laughs> Why make people so angry about that. Uh, no, Why here's the it? thing. I started <laughs> a club and then I, here's the thing. I tried to start the club. Um, I can't remember when exactly I did it, but I started the club and then proceeded to not go to the club. <laughs> for wow. And they had wow. been trying to do stuff for a whole semester. And at one point, one of the, one of the girls that were, that was in the film club, um, can't talk to me and, and she was like yeah that thing film club that you literally have never shown up to even though you were one of the founding members and I was just like oh god I'm sorry <laughs> um, somebody booked themselves out too much in high school I think. well it, it wasn't even just that it's it's just that I only had so much time on my calendar and not being someone who who had the energy to do anything and everything I just didn't I like well my time is my time time and calendar yeah, time and calendar. Wow. <laughs> wow. What is time and calendar? We are at just, the, yeah, it's true. We are at the hour mark. Yeah. Um, can I can I pose a question? Yes. Yeah. Um because I know one one thing this movie really tackled. Oh, wait, wait, can I give one just because you wanted to see what I said when it was yeah, nerdy no, stuff, I, right? Yeah, I, I was really curious to hear what you said. I want I, I just one small thing. So sure. during lunch, so you said yours was nerdy, where you were just hanging out of the band room. Yeah. I actually started a gamer guild at my school. No way! Did you actually? <laughs> so we played card games over lunch. What? In like one of the that's really, okay, that's really cool. And anyway. Oh, that's amazing. That's, well, you, you say wow. that, and the card games were like, man. Magic and Pokemon and that's <laughs> still amazing. Still amazing. Yeah. That's not quite up my wheelhouse, but no, here's, here's a question I want to pose. Um, I, I, I mean, I kind of pose it for take one, but I feel like now we kind of have a little more freedom to dig into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is popularity worth it? Uh, popularity for popularity's sake. No, I think mm-hmm. sometimes it just kind of happens. And then there's a there's an amount of responsibility and maturity that, that you have to exercise with it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, especially in in the school environment, there's one thing that that this movie does that's really interesting. Uh, it, it, it says really two. it tries to talk about two things. One, there's a note at the beginning of the movie um, when when Katie is is kind of adjusting to the the school environment is that compared to to when she was going to school in Africa, there's no trust in the students at the high school. And so when she wanted to go use the restroom, she didn't understand she needed a hall pass. And then when she tried to use the hall pass, the teacher was like, nice, try sit down. Mm. Um, there, there's an implicit amount of, of distrust. I don't know if implicit is the correct word. There's a certain amount of distrust that's, that's assumed, uh, in, in that environment. And, uh, the other thing that it tries to talk about is just kind of the, the level of manipulation that uh, that like someone like Regina George is is probably mm. would would she be classified probably a narcissist? Oh, absolutely. Narcissism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if sociopath is the correct term. I don't want to start labeling things, but 
Um, she's definitely manipulative, right? Uh, in, yes, in definitely. How she she's the most socially adept, I think, out of the trio of the plastics. And yes, and so um, the Gretchen and K- Karen. I was going to say Karen's very, definitely not the most socially adept. They are for <laughs> many the reasons. <laughs> They're the sidekicks, you know. Um, uh, does it give it away the way that she tells the mother? Is that? <laughs> Or is it the way that she spells the letter K? I, I, I don't know. You mean the way or she wrote the letter it. K yeah. for the spring fling? Yep. <laughs> I think that was a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> but that should have been obvious when she was just like, if if you're from Africa, why are you white? <laughs> that, was, that was a tough. That should have been that 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 should have been the moment you're just like. <laughs> Contrasted by Kevin G's comment later in the movie, I only date women of color, which is just like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Janice was Lebanese. He felt that. That, that, uh, was, that was like <laughs> such a weird find, like at the end of the movie of that, like she confused lesbian with Lebanese. I did actually, I didn't know until very recently that that was the joke they were building up mm-hmm. to. Yeah, whoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's now just hitting me. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting... <laughs> but actually, I wanted that to... That does win some points for me. <laughs> I wanted to take a note about uh, Kevin G, because he... Oh, some of his antics definitely not approved, right? Definitely not endorsed yeah, by the yeah. Denisius podcast. Nope. <laughs> well, most of the antics in this movie are not endorsed by yeah. the Denisius yeah. podcast. Yeah. But there is something to how he owns how nerdy he is and like mm-hmm. the way he is that I think is like is is really empowering, especially now that at least from what I'm aware, being nerdy is kind of cool. Yes. I don't know if that's actually the case in high schools these days because I'm not a student. I mean, I'm the farthest removed from. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think but- it, I think it got increasingly cool. I think it's now socially accepted. The the thing was like, definitely when I went to high school, it was the main popular people were like the The athletes. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. The athletes. And, and, um, what did you, how did you say it? Suko? Stuko. Stuko. Oh my gosh. Stop trying to make Stuko happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. That's so fetch. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'll give that one. Thank you. That was great. Oh, a little five from John. <laughs> but yeah, it is. I, I feel like there's a there's a stereotype around a lot of these clicks. And I love that at the start of the movie when when Janice and, he, and, uh, and Damien are introducing it, like they have the map of the clicks in the cafeteria and it transitions <laughs> to the top down shot. And you get like this heist movie sequence of yeah, just like, yeah. here's all the groups going on. And yeah, you get the music and the whole nine yards. It's. Uh, it was a fun way to like world build. I should just get a set of bongos just so I can make that sound. Mm-hmm. One thing that's notably <laughs> absent from this school, I was putting this out to John earlier. Mm-hmm. There's no band. <gasps> so I Wait, wonder. No, yes, there is. No, the horny band the, geeks. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. they well, very they, much they, gloss they over it. They gloss yeah. over it, but it's there. <laughs> That's yeah. in, that's an interesting. Okay. It's not the horny man. It's the sexually active band geeks. Uh, yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, just, the yeah. one thing the one thing that's that I find interesting about it is that they're they're touched upon and then they're just completely glossed over for the rest of the film. Well, it really is like pertaining between just like 
the outcast that she's a part of. Yeah. And you like mean the greatest the people she'll ever meet. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I did something very specific with uh, with my synopsis here and that at the start of the movie where I was noting that where is this? Katie is befriended by social outcasts, Janice and Damien. So she doesn't like find them. They find her and they're just kind of like, well, we're your friends now. So, OK, uh, that usually does not happen. It depends. I, I do want to address your question, but like I do have a yeah. minor question of that of like, is it aren't they really doing the same thing that the plastics are doing or like Regina does? In the sense of like, aren't you're they manipulating right. her from the get go? You're kind of, right. You're like, kind of using her. Maybe yeah. they were evil yeah. the whole time. A little bit. Well, well I, I just, I, it, it makes sense of like, it's kind of like the bigger picture. High right? school's evil. I knew it. <laughs> wow. It's all the plot. <laughs> but, but like, okay. It all comes full circle. <laughs> so like, it, do the ends justify the means, right? Because like, oh, that's a better question. That's a great question. That is a much like, better they're question. They're trying to bring down the plastics, but they wind up like doing it in like a pretty sadistic way. Like, yeah. in, in the sense of like, well, okay, this is going to sound like a really odd comparison. And I know it's like, this seems to be the tangent we get on pretty much every episode. Oh, no. But I do think, of, like, hear me out because <laughs> I think it's legit. Mm-hmm. This is very much in similar vein of like, the rebel lines versus the empire. I knew something <laughs> was going to come in here. No, okay, okay. Think, think, think about it though, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I mean, the original trilogy, we get the rebels like fighting virtuously, but then rogue one introduces us to a rebel a spy who sign. shot a guy in the back point blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, then, you, well, and then that was get, kind of the original view of like what, um, Han Solo is supposed to be. Right. right. Yeah. Like he shot and then first. like, and yeah. well, I'm just, uh, that, uh, that's uh, canon. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. So like, screw screw yeah. the special editions. Mm-hmm. But like. Han shot first. But like the, Genesius does endorse Han shot first. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, no, no, but like. We don't endorse shooting people, but we endorse that Han shot first. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Let's just be specific here. Just um, in case. But like, I, but like, then you meet like characters like Saw Guerrera who like, who like are willing to, is willing to go as dirty as the empire to bring down the empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting because they, the rebels point out the rebel Alliance, Mon Mothma points out that Sagarera was too extreme even for them. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's what I'm getting at, which I find yeah. interesting because they do resort to these sneaky, underhanded, dirty tactics. It's just that the difference is that they're, they're sneaky. And they're quiet, and Saw Gerrera is not quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair, uh, but about that, what he does. But you get my point, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but but like getting back to it, it's like okay. The reason that I feel like you have the viewpoint of like how the movie's structuring it is because like yeah, I mean they seem like likable people, right? like Janice and Damien. That like they're funny, like they welcome her in. But what is like their overall? Yeah, like that's mission, a- right? It's like to try to take like they see. It's almost like they see in Katie what Regina sees in Katie, but like how they can use her to like affect the plastics. They, they, right, they, they, they were so focused. And like you see this like you, you see this manifest in Katie because like that's yes. basically their whole arc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now that you bring that up, it's like Janice and Damien do more or less the same thing. Like they are so hell bent on bringing down the plastics that they start to fight as dirty and they 
use mm-hmm. somebody who basically is like a physical embodiment of like just it, how yeah. far they're willing to go to take down to to topple the top of the social hierarchy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Janice does point out like you're a regulation hottie, you know, like just point blank, just basically like, you're attractive. You know, you are someone that would kind of like maybe fit in with their group. And then when she actually does get invited, they're like totally like spy, like give us some insight on what their daily lives are like. Um, and so, so it's very manipulative. Yes. Yeah. It, it's just something that like I think overall it's kind of like a message of like it being back to like is popular is yeah. worth it. And like uh, even like is bringing it down yeah. also worth it. But there's like there's there's a difference, though, between Janice and Damien though and and how katie goes into this because katie goes into this and she commits to it to the point of like method acting and becoming the very thing that yep. she yep. went she yep. went so deep undercover that she became the, the very thing, thing they, they swore to, to destroy, destroy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right that was um, good i was i was yeah i was gonna get there eventually but <laughs> yeah so they and then meanwhile janice and damon at a certain point you see that katie is is super involved in this and you kind of get the sense that janice and damien's enthusiasm has waned mm-hmm. about the whole mm-hmm. thing yeah because yeah, they're yeah. just going on their daily lives they're having fun they're mm-hmm. you know they're doing kind of like more harmless things like they've they're uh, they're in the art show. Janice submits something to the art show. They rig this the voting for. Please don't rig the voting for stuff <laughs> at your school. That's not cool. Especially with, or like just in general, like election with election day coming up. Yeah. Or Please. send manipulative candy cane grams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't abuse the candy cane grams. <laughs> don't abuse that. That's um, that's crucial for election day. That was a deep cut. That was a mm-hmm. pure yeah. system. Very deep cut. Keep that. Um, but yeah, I, like. There is, there's a certain level to which the fun that they engage in kind of be, turns into the harmless, like, sort of, you know, this is just them doing their thing. Well, um, and also, I think, and, like, kind of even more to, to that point, like, you're, like, this is somebody who had zero concept of what America high school social, like, rules are mm-hmm. because she came from the land where the lane, the rains are blessed in the middle of nowhere. And okay, Toto. Yeah, there we go. I used that line last time, <laughs> but, but like it's, and, but yeah, it's like they're manipulating somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but then, it, and it's like, and it's like, yeah, they sure. Like they get bored with it, but, but she's like, She's like, oh, this must be what it's like here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, well, I think and- that's the big the big place that Katie went wrong was that she wasn't true to the person she was. And she mm-hmm. maybe because she didn't know, she just kind of adapted. To whatever well, yeah. Katie's, Katie's, Katie's be, arc, but, I, I think yeah. not the Katie thing in front of me. The Katie in the movies <laughs> arc is very is is largely like initially is largely out of naivety. I'll have you know, mm-hmm. Katie's arc is excellent as well. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, it, there's one, there's one thing that, that I find there's one motif they carry through the movie quite a bit. And that is Katie at the end of the day, kind of sees the whole social dynamic as a jungle or a safari kind of environment. She ain't well, wrong. Either. Well, that whole 
Yeah, they'll the, have the sequence where they're like they'll the have wall. sequence wow. where the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's wow, thank you. You could just do all the cat noises. <laughs> don't, don't. And, and and when someone is like scooting against the window. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the guy from Spaceballs. Is there a guy that does that? That's yeah, just his job? Movie. I've never seen the movie. Like he was cast in the movie specifically to do that. <laughs> He's probably just a, maybe I, I need to read his story, but I imagine just like an intern making the sound. They're like, we're going to put that in the movie. <laughs> or we should just rewatch Spaceballs. We might, we might need, cause I've never seen it before. What? Oh, Seth. He's no. never yeah. seen it. Never seen it before. John. Uh, I watched John. it so many times that we broke the VHS. <laughs> reset, reset, reset. Wow. What? <laughs> Yeah, back in the day, for wow, sure. Wow, man. That's impressive. Yes. Yeah, um, you're, yeah, you need to watch it. It's okay. so good. Okay. So but good. Yeah, Katie kind of like sees the whole, um, the whole high school environment as like a jungle. And so I think in a lot of ways, right, she, she realizes you like, you adapt or die. And so rather mm-hmm. than staying true to herself, she becomes emotionally motivated to inject herself into this dynamic and become a part of it. And um, at the end of the day, she she doesn't really come around to owning up to it as quickly as everyone else does. Um, even in some ways like Regina herself. Uh, I, I guess I didn't really think about it that way in the sense of like, all she really knows is like animals. It, it, so, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so so and that one, no, in the and sense that one of like, rejected yeah. her, um, that she kind of sees it. Cause like, <laughs> so, you know, that one, wait, what? What? Yeah. And that one kid who rejected her. And when they were like five. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, I, I love you. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Nafume and we were five. <laughs> I definitely did not remember that scene. You. Go away. <laughs> Classic. But like in the, in the sense of like the animal world can be very brutal in the sense of like, that's why it took her so long. I, I didn't really get that at first of why it took her so long to change. But anyway, I think that gets to what my answer would be for that. Like is popularity worth it in the sense of like, I think no, in the sense of like, it doesn't allow you to quite be yourself. I feel like a lot of people that are popular kind of like adjust the way that they do things to maintain being popular versus like if you're popular because like you're a good person and you do like, if you're 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 popular because like you're just being uh, you, that's one thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the key thing. Popularity is not worth it for popularity's sake. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If it starts getting into your head, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. What's more important is actually just being yourself and um, doing the things you like to do uh, and and making friends with people who kind of have similar interests. And and that's kind of I think where a lot of difficulty is in high school is um, especially for for uh, kids who maybe aren't as socially adept. They have a hard time connecting with others. That was that was me, too, because like one thing I didn't mention one is like for the longest time, not really in high school, but definitely more in like middle school. One of the cliques I belong to is with the special ed kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and one of the one of the problems I had with going into high school, especially my high school, and I don't know if you've all heard this line right from whatever Stuco. Uh, <laughs> That's never representative. Uh, it's so fetch. It's <laughs> Danny uh, Stuco. <laughs> um, it, I don't know if you guys ever had the spiel like the new class coming in and the and the someone from the student council or something like these are going to be the best four years of your life 
Has anyone ever oh, like? Yeah. What you, did you guys hear? That I, line? I absolutely heard that. It's like a lot of pressure. On yeah. It. Well, like wh- I remember when we all, we all showed up for our first couple of days. Right. There was this sort of thing from from one of the student council reps being like, "These are going to be some of the best four years of your life." I know that the best four years of my life. I'm like. You're still in high school. You don't know what your life is yet. You've barely lived. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say. Coming from the old guy. Is yeah. That- coming from the old guy. There's a lot more out there. Yeah. He even accepts it now. Um, it, it, it has gotten to that point. Yeah. And we did have like the, the big gym full of all the different clubs you could join. Um, but that was more based on like the faculty leading those boots. Like you definitely had one like mm. German club. Oh, that was the other thing. Like German club was a big part of my uh, experience as well. Um, and so I did stay within that, that dynamic. Although I will say Spanish club was a lot bigger. Um, that was it one that sense. a lot of students. I believe to. that. Yeah. And then there was also a French club. And so I feel like French and German were the smaller ones. And then, uh, and then like Spanish club was the big one. So was there like competition? Honestly, the, the Spanish, the, the, one of the Spanish instructors, uh, shout out Mr. Ochu, was like so cool that he was, he was popular outside of Spanish club. He was just an <laughs> awesome guy. Um, and uh, the, the band director could break dance and he would only do it once in a blue moon and people that's would freak a, that's out. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's, there's so, and obviously like, you know, these are teachers. They, and I, I find this interesting about Miss Nobury's character um, and basically all of the faculty in this, in the school of this movie that play any kind of role at all is that they're all people that they have their own interests and their own things that they really love. Um, teachers are people too. Um, and, and especially lately, <laughs> yep, I think speaking from experience, I, I think lately, especially with how things have gone in schools, you know, around the country, um, here in the U S where teaching has, has already been an incredibly difficult job and it's only gotten harder with everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it can be hard to be a teacher, especially when you have your own personal stuff going on, like Miss Norbury having gone through a divorce the summer before the, the, the film takes place. Right. Yeah. Th- I mean, that was a line that we left out, too, where he's just like, oh, I broke my, like, just wasn't the, yeah. yeah. How the was like the carpal tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, carpal tunnel. The principal Duval just, like, the carpal tunnel came back, and she's like, I got a divorce. And he goes, oh. Yeah, you win. You win. <laughs> you know? And, and, and all, even she goes, yeah, I win. Yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the most challenging aspects of high school is the mental health of everyone involved, because there's a lot of dynamics. You have the kids who want to be in class and are open to doing the assignments, everything. And you have kids that aren't and, and who maybe don't um, conform to the school system's idea of uh, success of a successful student. Um, and so that's very difficult because we have a very, we have a school system that's very one size fits all here in the U S. And so it's very yeah. difficult to find individualized education. Um, homeschooling is like on the rise. Homeschooling is very much on the rise. Um, so, but uh, none of us were homeschooled, so we don't know anything about that. It's true. Uh, my, my best friend from college actually was homeschooled, though. Um, and so getting that experience from from him was really interesting. Uh, it, but- it is interesting. Like, like nowadays it is quite different than when it was when we grew up. But how the four of us all went to public school and somehow stayed Catholic. Like really dived into our face. It's, well, it was, like, it was easier. Surprising. It's quote unquote easier to do it then. I think that it is now. Yeah. Well, in but, fairness, it took like, I mean, like I didn't necessarily like fall away, but I didn't take it seriously until like mm-hmm. mid college. Mm-hmm. It took, it took me 
Like mm-hmm. I kind of like, I didn't like fall off the horse. I kind of like, I kind of like let it run and I was dragging behind it. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually figured out how to get back on. Well, yeah. I, I think that's something also like, I mean, this, this movie can only cover so many things, but like they didn't mention religion at all. Like in the mm-hmm. high school, but that's like, that'd be like a completely different. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think there was something that like you had mentioned in the previous time we were um, discussing this movie too, of just like all the different, like you can see the influences um, of media, like on the people's lives, especially um, at Regina's house. And like, yes. how, well, I mean, not only like, does it show how manipulative Regina is not only to her friends, but like to her, to her family. family. Yes. But like how even Hitler's sister is being influenced by like, yeah, this all being shown in media. social media nowadays has made it worse. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It's it, everyone can put the image of themselves online. That is whatever they want it, whatever to be. they want it to be. Um, this is actually largely the reason that I, I, personally never really got big into social media was just because um, of, of all of just the crap. I saw it as all crap. Um, I think the only social media platform that I really engaged in for quite a while was, was Twitter because at a certain time, Twitter was, was really amazing. And now that's going through its own thing. Mm. Um, so I, I actually deleted my Twitter accounts a couple months ago after not good using you, them. Seth. Well, wow. I, hadn't, I hadn't used them for a couple of years. Uh, still well, good several for, years. Still good for you. Yeah. I got rid of that. I have a Facebook that I, I don't even look at anymore. Um, and if uh, you do have social media though, you should really share your, share you this should. podcast on you the should. platform. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think that like goes to show like a similar with the question though, of like nowadays because of social media, it's like you almost have to be a major presence on there to be popular. Like, like it's almost, yeah. it's something that's even more constant than just being at school. Now it's like your entire life has to revolve around that, which makes it harder to, yeah, it, it's weird because it's I, like it's almost I know, like the, I know I suffered from that. Like I was mm. maybe more into social media than I should have been. Like I got like actually it'll be in about a month, so it'll be coming up on one year since I'm like completely social media free, wow. and it's oh. it's very nice. Like I mean, it, mm. it, it's a weird transition. It still kind of is, but like it's well, a lot. It's a lot better. Yeah. Well, it's since moving here about three years, almost four years ago at this point. Um, my, I did not build my social life around social media. In fact, I didn't have a Facebook when I got up here and I had to make another one again. Cause I already, I had had one previously mm-hmm. that I deleted. Mm-hmm. I had to make another one because, uh, I took a, a leadership role in a, in a young adult group, um, and had to have it in order to make events and communicate with some people. And now I just don't, the only reason I have it now is because I have an Oculus headset and even so i don't even need that anymore i just need a meta quote-unquote account Mm. um to Mm -hmm. use it so we'll see how long my facebook lasts um but yeah i think the social media also kind of plays into the kind of dynamics of female relationships that was in this movie kind of the way they fight with each other and make each other feel bad is kind of through exclusion and through being their own group and you see that a lot more now that everyone has social media. So I think that makes it harder and more painful. Cause like I was talking to my mom and she's like, yeah, I didn't, if I wasn't at something, it wasn't posted everywhere. Well, <laughs> so, I didn't, yeah. so I didn't know I wasn't at it. And kind of exclusion, I think is one of the big tactics in girl fighting sometimes. So yeah, with exclusion. social media, you can project that 
exclusion and let everyone know that they're not at the thing. Well, uh, yeah, there's the mm-hmm. whole FOMO aspect of it. Fear of missing out. There's also like, well, this- that was even like addressed in the movie a little bit too, where like, cause she had, uh, Katie had the party and then like Regina mm-hmm. felt very rejected because of, yeah, yeah it's like you're, you're, you're low, sir. On the microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. But, um, but I, I think it's interesting just like because of where this snippet takes place like yeah. in time in the sense of like they were showing kind of how the call system of like how they were manipulating each other through the call. Yeah. And then just like now that's kind of done like through social media. Uh, in, in some ways. Yeah. Although in most <laughs> cases, you know, who's listening in a lot of senses. Although if you're just posting, right, you don't know who's going to see the post. But that, yeah, there are weapons of war in this movie. Like they have the, they have the the eavesdropped phone calls where they're just like one person calls the other, but the the recipient of the call doesn't know that there's another person listening in, mm-hmm. and so the first caller will basically try to get that person to say something incriminating, and by chance, when Katie first got a call like that, she was so pure and innocent still at that time that she wasn't talking about this person behind their back directly and said something Mm -hmm. very like, you know, relatively innocuous, but still maybe could be construed the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Um, if you really looked at it and then the, the whole, she was kind of hoodwinked and it was kind of revealed what happened. And she's like, Oh, well now I know that that's a thing. And, uh, and so there's this kind of talks about the, the social weapons of uh of the high school culture um and and i think social media is like the nuclear bomb of social weapons mm-hmm. in terms of that because it's so just out there that you can put something out there for the world to see and you can project this image of yourself that you want the world to see which like i feel like society is still trying to figure out like because they've never had it before yeah to like something like this for like especially for like how young some of the kids young are because like yeah. I, I at least know like showing my age a little bit but like <laughs> Facebook wasn't a thing when I was in high school like not until like no, the end not me neither. so, well, so I mean, it, it was, me. it, it was yeah. one of those things it, where it's it like, definitely was for us yes like mm-hmm. I remember when you like because I actually had to get an invite to Facebook in order to like join Facebook oh yeah really yeah. so like, it, was, it was like <laughs> wow. where it's like this really like is not was not a problem in high school for me it was more like in college, I guess it was when it was starting to become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so Katie, you had a thought. Oh, just like a fi- that like social media isn't inherently bad. It's just how you use it. Yeah. It's yeah. like the big, I don't, big thing about it. I don't but. think most people that are on social media are, ma- are mature enough to use it properly. <laughs> well, especially when it's like little kids that. are the ones that are on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. clearly. Well, like, even adults. You're not emotionally well, mature enough yet. Well, to, and yeah. I think it like goes to show like even, even in this movie. So for instance, Regina's mom is not acting like a good parent. No. And, and I think one of the things is like if they're going to be using stuff like this, like the parents don't know how to like teach their kids. In, like if, if somebody didn't grow up with social media, how are they supposed to teach their kids how to use it properly? Right. right? Well, and there there aren't a lot of uh, like high school dramedies these days, drama comedies these days about this kind of subject mm-hmm. um, because this topic just has gotten so dark. I think in recent years with how it can affect people mm-hmm. um, and how it can affect students and even the faculty and staff. Well, like to a ser- serious degree, like suicide and yes. mental health and stuff. Yeah. Um, much higher. 
it's just it's a it's a subject that's gotten so touchy and it's interesting to go back and watch a movie that does not have that in the picture at all. Imagine what Mean Girls like 20 years later would be like. Oh, gosh. It would probably end in a suicide of yeah. some kind. Or it would get really close. <laughs> so, okay. Is, is that because of like how... So, so like, I, I think going back to addressing like, I think it was because there was a lot of movies like this at the time. Like, that's not really movies that are being made anymore. I don't know if that's because of like the culture or just like what people want to watch. Though. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think, well, what was it? I've never seen the show, but like the, there, there are like actual like shows are. that are, there's high school, yeah. Yeah. high school musical, the musical, the show. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I've never but like, watched it, but, but that's like, a mean, Yeah, There's some that do address it a little bit more seriously with like the, the musical Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, 13 reasons yeah. why that's the, okay, that was yeah. one that I was like, there I, was a, I was yeah, wondering yeah. if that was the one you were looking. Yeah. I, I yep. that, that was a, I mean, I've only watched one season, but that was hard to watch. There's also a show called euphoria. So uh, like, I haven't seen. Like, it is weird how it's gone from like a comedy, just kind of like fun thing. There's just like, Oh yeah, there's just like clicks and that's just how yeah. high school works. And it's like, now it's like much super, more serious, super dark. Yeah. So yeah. lightning round, uh, lightning round and scores. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the table. I'll call out a name. You'll give your thoughts about the movie and a score out of a hundred. Sound good. And mm-hmm. I'll good. calculate the average. Cool. John, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a above average movie. So, um, that's a way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I enjoyed it. There was definitely quotable things for me. It's like, it wasn't completely stood out from like other things. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I, I think I'm going to stick. I'm not sure what mine was the first time, but I, I think 78 sounds good. Okay. okay. So that's like what? It's like a B minus. That's a C plus. Dude. C plus. All right. I would say 85. I just, it's such an iconic, very quotable movie. Just, it's just very classic. Obviously I don't condone most of the things that go on <laughs> in it, but I, I really like it. So I'll say 85. This is also my first time watching it. So maybe that's yes. different. It's <laughs> I've like, seen it's it a many, 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 many times. <laughs> <laughs> on, on my end, it was really, it's really interesting um, for me just because it's, it's not, in some ways I relate is the, the social outcast aspect of it only because that's how I was back in uh, junior high and, and elementary school. Um, but I, I would say from like a, I love some of the creativity with which they produce it. I think some of that's really, really fun. Um, especially the sequence where Regina just snaps. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the, you get the intensity of just like her brain is breaking and she is about to just like, go to her full power, her full manipulative power and <laughs> just, just destroy everything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's got this, this radioactive book, right. Of rumors and stuff. And she just makes that into a bomb and she like sets off this dirty bomb in the school and just causes chaos. Um, so that was a really fun sequence, horrifying in some ways, but fun sequence to watch. I especially love that she like hits something off of a stand or a shelf and it like flies <laughs> with the so camera. Ridiculous. And I, I half expected this movie to be put out in 3d just for that shot. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a lot of the way that it's written um, and produced and shown. It's very fun, creative. It obviously has a very wholesome message at the end about how we relate to each other um, and how we should be honest with each other. 
And so I, I think in that sense, right, I'm going to give it about a 70. I, it's not mm. the most amazing movie I've seen. I recognize it's cult uh, classic status, and I, I did enjoy some of the filmmaking in it. So would you say that the filmmaking was gruel? Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so there's just no work. As far as... So I'm gonna, I'm, I think I am going to give Heavy this sigh. a... I think I'm going to give this a higher score than I gave it last time. Oh. Um, probably in the 70s. I think 72 is a number that comes to mind. Like, it is... It's, it, it is... it is a very well... It's a well-done movie with mm-hmm. a good message. I mean... The, most recent time I watched it, I just, I cringed so much, <laughs> like not in a good way. Yeah. But like I, but at the same time, it's like, I do understand, like, I do understand its value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that gives us a total Genesis. What was your score? score? 72. 72? Okay. 72, 70, 78, 85. Average out to 76.25, which rounds down to a 76. Seems about right. That kind of averages between the audience and critics' Rotten Tomatoes scores, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. We, good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, in some ways. All right. Um, anything else before we close out? I think that, I think that right about right. does it. Well, good. nice job, guys. Yeah, we went over two hours. Yeah. Like, thank you all three for, for uh, Nick, John, Katie, for, for joining me today. Uh, thank you, listeners, fellow listeners, fellow discerning film goers. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to carry this bit on further. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on um, to be up to date on all of the new content that is to come. I know we've got some stuff planned for next year. Yeah, we do. Um, and so you can probably find us on most podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Spotify, uh, Podbean, if you use Podbean for some reason. Um, yeah, you can find us on most podcasting platforms. Uh, please also rate and review us if you feel so inclined. Um, on that platform, let's get a little more exposure. Yeah, and if there's any movies you, the listener, would like us to talk about here on Genesis, if you have any fun episode ideas that are like related to the movies, but not necessarily talking about one, if you want to give us feedback on how we can make our show better, um, and if your feedback is make the episodes shorter, guys, we're trying, I promise. <laughs> we're just um, not bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is about a good length. Um, or if you just need prayers, like we are a cap, we are a Catholic podcast, mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. will take prayer requests. And if you would, and even if you'd like us to offer up the intention, like on the show, just let us know. We're happy to do it. Um, So send us an email at geniusiuspodcast at gmail.com. That's G-E-N-E-S-I-U-S podcast at gmail.com. And if you've listened to this show and you know one of us, at least one of us three personally, and you'd like to come and hang out with us and talk about a movie or again, some movie related topic, um, reach out to one of us directly or contact us at the aforementioned email address and also make sure you've listened to a previous episode. And finally, make sure to spread the word, whether it be on social media or through the word of mouth, whoever you're sitting next to, whether it be now at the dinner table or even on date night, make sure you tell them about us. Seth, have you heard of the Genesis podcast? No, Nick, I haven't. What is it? <laughs> what, give me the long line. What's what's this podcast about? Three Catholic dudes to talk about movies. Sounds and great. Sometimes more. Sounds I great. Mean, that sounds like a great first date right there. Is just listening to the podcast. There you go. 
Sets the mood. <laughs> Denisius does endorse that, by the way. I, <laughs> I don't know if we endorse that. <laughs> Denisius' podcast is not liable for emotional damages. Um, on bad first dates. <laughs> on bad first dates. <laughs> but yeah. Disclaimer. Uh, well, would anyone like to offer uh, prayer intentions? I know we just had All Saints and All Souls Day days mm. this past week i would i think we should offer up especially all for the souls who have um just just for those who have like committed suicide from all of mm. the just all of the really just out of whack social situations they've been in whether it's in like middle school or high, high school, school or, or yeah. beyond or just whatever whatever stage of life it was um that com that like just offer up all the souls that that died by taking their own life because yeah. of serious mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. With that, close out in prayer. Sure. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today um, to talk about you and to talk about uh, just talk talk about our culture and how we can how how we can tie it back to you. And just to address issues that are very real and that we may and that we may change to work toward being in your kingdom. Uh, I just like to offer an intention to all the all the souls that are, that are in your kingdom that that have taken their that have taken their own life out of some trauma in middle school, high school or, or beyond whatever stage of life they're at, we offer up our intentions to those souls that they may find that they may find peace with you and that they may joyfully be in your kingdom and find eternal rest there that they could not find here on earth. And we ask our, we ask our Holy mother for her intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank Kate, you, Nick. Yeah, for leading of course. Us for, yeah, of course. Katie, thank you for thank you for joining us today. You're always welcome to come back. <laughs> Thanks. I had our, I had a blast. Our first guest, take two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our first guest. It was it was a fun ride. Yeah, thank you again for being here. Um, and John, Seth, as always, thank you so much for joining me and just walking with me on on this journey. Thanks for hosting, Nick. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm really, yeah, always happy to have you guys here. And to all those who are listening, thanks for tuning in with us. Um, until next time, we're your hosts. I'm Nick. Filling in for Kyle once again, I am Seth. And I'm John. And Katie. And this is the Genesius Podcast. God bless everyone. Do 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 do. God bless everyone. <laughs> <laughs>